And welcome to the Old Fashioned Breakdown Podcast, a rewatch podcast for the Peng TV show Mad Men. Did you write Peng, Fola? I did write Peng. Okay, I'll uh, <laughs> Fola wrote Peng, just so you all know. <laughs> my name is Fola Olakumbi. And my name is Helen Varley. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, comment, and subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter, which is at breakdown underscore old or email us on oldfashioned.breakdown at gmail.com this week we'll be looking at season one episode 12 entitled nixon versus kennedy in this episode the office throws a returns party for the presidential election pete tries to get a promotion and don's secret is in danger of being discovered oh Ooh, yes so how do we do this do you want to say what you thought about it Sure. I mean, I, so I, I saw the title of this episode, which is Nixon versus Kennedy, and I was like, oh no, Snorefest, pod- uh, all about politics, not not one for me. Um, and for the first, I guess, five minutes, I was a bit sort of like, oh no, this is going to be one of those episodes It's going to take a long time for me to get through. But once, once literally the party started, I got quite into this, <laughs> and I especially enjoyed... Don's storyline in this, because oh my god, what a roller coaster that is! Yeah, we finally get some sort of plot, I guess. I I like this episode. Um, it's a really weird one to kind of look at from my point of view. You know, the whole um philosophy type point of view. Yeah. Um, because I was trying to work it out for ages, and I was like watching it like like with a fine tooth comb, trying to get through, it. and I couldn't work out what it was, but. When it all sort of comes into play, it's amazing. So I think, and and also I want to say before I, before I point out what this is, I think I, I do want to reiterate that as much as I keep saying this shows about this and this shows about that, that's just my interpretation. These shows, like, and I, I'll try to explain it why later, but these shows are kind of they're really that they are designed to not have a particular point. They're designed around a kind of almost like a, a vague sort of bunch of different things. So it's not one particular thing. So it's kind of, and especially in this episode where there's no real, it never really points out a specific thing. But if you really pay attention, there is something that jumps out at you. And that thing that jumps out at you is um, epistemology. Okay. Uh, epistemology is the knowledge of how we know things how do we know what we know and um, somebody who's quite famous for studying epistemology and using epistemology in his like work and stuff uh, was this guy David Hume it was a Scottish philosopher and his whole thing was how do we know what we know how can we prove that something how can we predict what's going to happen? How do I know? For instance, how do I know when I hit a pool ball with a pool cue that that pool ball is going to go in a certain direction? How do I know that for sure? And the fact of the matter is, you actually don't know for sure. And the point of it all is we don't really know anything. We only can make deductions and kind of come up with um, theories on why things work. We don't specifically know exactly why they work, um, and if you watch the episode, if you watch the show, like you'll see through all the way through the show to the, uh, this this episode, there's all kinds of things there. I mean, the obvious one is the um, the election. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody expected everyone expected Nixon to win the election because he'd like up until then he'd had all the form of kind of he'd done everything and like he'd been in power for the longest and he was like who the people in the office kind of all related to and he was basically he was a shoe in for it but he still didn't win and um there's all all kinds of other things as well there's like um the specific i don't want to go through a massive list but I'll, i'll just point a couple out so the um you know the fact that um uh the fact that um the girl that um Ken tackles to the ground the fact that she ends up 
going off with him is kind of a bit weird because you wouldn't expect that because she just basically humiliated him in front of everyone. Um, the fact that um, what's the other one where, yeah, um, um, what's the names? Um, Harry and Hildy. That's kind of almost came out of the blue, but not quite. But it almost came out of the blue. Um, and just other things. I don't any. Can you think of any scenes? Because like any scene that you can kind of come up with in this show in this episode kind of has something in it and also also one more thing um the whole episode starts off with um what's his name uh cooper um and he turns off the news on the tv and uh walks past with a newspaper in his hand you know that's like our primary uh, method of knowledge okay <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway that's uh that's my boring bit out of the way let's talk about the actual show um have you got any because i don't think uh, i kind of like this whole thing where we don't go like chron- chronologically through the show and we just pick out different scenes all right so so um well was, the, were there any that stood out to you or before we begin or before yes. you, you've sort of shared your idea so oh, i yeah. mean i think i found a pretty obvious uh theme in this episode oh right okay sorry i didn't ask i should have asked no no that's fine um so basically i mean i kind of get what you're saying about that kind of philosophy and it kind of ties in with what i think is the theme and i think the theme of this episode is winners and losers okay Um, and in a very yeah okay in a very sort of obvious way because not just who is a winner and who is a loser, but who should yeah. be winners and who should be losers. And at right, what point right. do losers become winners and winners become losers? And I think okay. that for me is really reflected with the Don Draper and Pete Campbell um, sort of very uh, sort of argument and sort of, you know, because Pete generally, we consider him to be a bit of a loser. Um, yeah. But as you know he's sort of as as don points out like he's been born with a silver spoon in his mouth he's had everything mm-hmm. he ever wanted technically he is a winner but almost like kennedy yes but he is also a loser because nobody really likes him <laughs> um he isn't progressing in his job um and because he's you know although on the outside, it looks like he's he's a winner because he has so much. He yeah. clearly isn't happy with what he has, um, right. and which which ultimately makes him a loser. And Don is also could be seen as a winner. Now, yeah. I think it's I think this is where it gets a little grey. Is okay the whole like is Don a loser by the end of this, or is he ha. not? <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, because. Um... At the end, I wrote at the in the end of the in the end of the notes that as he um, as you see him at the that very final shot, um, he's looking. He's in that room where he's basically it's his his house. His beautiful wife is lying there. He's got his big TV and he's watching. Um, he's watching um, uh, the person he identifies with, uh, Nixon, kind of concede the election. Mm. and it's kind of and he doesn't look happy do you know what I mean and he's basically gotten away with something but really because we know everything about him this is kind of I guess where my part comes into it because we know he's passed by this point and we know that he's kind of he's stolen someone else's identity and he's like he ran away from his family and he, he like he feels like he's a coward and all this kind of stuff is he really a winner like is he is he in his position even though he's got all this money and all this kind of privilege that he didn't really really work for at all he kind of he was kind of given it he kind of happened to him through happenstance it wasn't like something you could explain and say you know like think about like for instance this i love doing this podcast with you oh and uh it's, it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of fun sort of like talking about every week and it's a lot of fun um researching the show and like putting lots of effort into it and watching like people kind of discover the the podcast and kind of jump on it and like 
you know, talk to us and stuff. That's really, really cool. I love that. And it's kind of something that we've kind of started from scratch, like started from nothing. And it kind of makes me like really happy, right? But if you think about Don, a lot of like, and you, I guess you could say that he's done a similar thing, but a lot of what he's done is through not just by him being really good at pitches and stuff, but also by him looking the part and sort of forcing his way into situations. Well, we don't know that yet, but let's just say that's how he does that. Um, and, you know, not really... And because it's because it's advertising, he's not actually making anything of any sort of, you know, anything tangible, especially in that time when, like, you know, the idea of tangible was, like, industrial sort of made plasticky things that you could actually hold in your hand it's not he's making ephemeral things that kind of go on tv and then kind of disappear into the ether um and i find yeah that that kind of idea that he doesn't really have a purpose he doesn't really know why he's successful is part of the reason of his unhappiness at the end of the episode so i'm i'm still missing part of the story because obviously i don't know how much is revealed later on in the series yeah um but obviously i understand now how uh walt watson his name's not walt whitman that's someone else isn't it what's his dick, dick? <laughs> who's walt whitman is that someone really inappropriate now <laughs> i don't oh, know God. Who walt whitman is. let me just quickly check i bet that's someone so inappropriate <laughs> walt walt whitman walt is that, whitman, is that the guy famous from Klansman. no <laughs> i know well it will be he was an American poet, essayist, and journalist. A humanist. Okay, well, yeah. Oh, there you so go. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but Dick Whitman. Uh, we've learned how he went from being Dick to being Don. Um, yes. Uh, which weirdly sounds like the kids' TV presenters, Dick and Don. But anyway. Yeah. Um, he, um, but we Nobody knows who they are, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well... Um, <laughs> But, you know, and that's still a really important part of this journey, I think. So for me, I'm still I'm still missing a trick because I think I think what this episode showed me is that actually what Don does matters in terms of career wise matters very little to him um, in some senses, because. I mean, you know, and I think we should bring it up early because for me, the most significant scene in this episode is the one where he runs off to Rachel. Um, ah, okay. And, we, yeah. and, we, and I think that is when you see, I think that's the first time you really see who he is, genu- you know, genuinely in the sense Oh, of, yeah, yeah. And I, what I really love is that Rachel sees it too. Um, yeah. And it's almost like, he he rushes over there and it and it could in fact there's there's another great scene later on as well but he he rushes over there he kisses her it's so romantic you know any woman could easily fall into a pile of girlish slush you know <laughs> if that was to happen to them and he's he's like come away with me and she's like yeah. no you have responsibilities you have children you can't just take off and go and that's when she realizes it's not about anyone else but him um, yeah. And then she calls him a coward, which is exactly what he is at that point. And I think, you know, and he, I, I don't know if it, if it is something that he sort of realizes or he sort of tries to get his head around as he's as there's that scene where he's going down in the elevator and he's leaving the building, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think, mm. you know, at this point we know that Don De- Don Draper is a coward, um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like wow, like for him to realize that is such a big. I feel like it's a turning point, but I don't know if he's going to change all that much. Like, we'll see. What I think about that, where she calls him a coward, it kind of, like, refers back to, obviously, him pissing himself when um, when the uh, when the people attack them at the thing. And he ends up killing a guy because of that, right? And um, there's a whole bit where, where Don basically... He's just spoken to um, Peggy, which I also think we should go back to at some point. Um, But when he's just spoken to Peggy and he's walking to Pete's office, and I feel like at that point, it's a culmination. The reason he's doing that is a culmination of the things that he's spoken to everyone about. So 
we kind of get this feeling of like, why is he now deciding to confront Pete about this? Um, it's like, there's like three main things that come up. It's like, basically he had a chat with Cooper and he, in this chat with uh, Pete, he kind of brings up the chat with Cooper. So, no, in the chat, sorry, in the chat that um, he had with Peggy, Peggy says it's not fair in the same way that he said to Cooper, it's not fair. Um, in his chat with Rachel, um, he he was told that he was coward and that kind of refers back to him sort of like pissing himself and oh yeah and then just the fact the whole thing with Peggy is just the, the fact that she's basically everything that she says is something that he could say about himself um, yeah so can we come back to that please just okay yeah, yeah. let's finish on this Don <laughs> thing, thing first yeah okay so yeah the, the Rachel thing is really really cool because um I think it kind of so remember when um in the last I think it was the last series on oh, no, the the in the last not the last episode the episode before where we saw a lot of stuff about daddies and um daddy issues and like all these all the women seem to kind of like be looking for some sort of father figure mm. Do you remember that? Yes, yeah. So um I think part of the part of that episode was the fact that Don was looking for a mother figure as well. And that's why at the end, when he gets really sort of freaked out um, by um, the near death of um, of Roger, he goes running like in, similar to what he did in this episode. He goes running to Rachel to kind of just, you know, say whatever's on his mind and just kind of like, you know, almost fall apart basically and just kind of he needs her to kind of like calm him down and like I, I agree like I think when he does it this time Rachel sees through it and she's because like Rachel is looking at him and she says in this thing she says she says specifically what are you 15 years old my father and then that's kind of that's the that's the sentence that she says and it's like I feel like she's kind of looking towards him as some sort of father figure um, and yeah. then because he's yeah I know I know it's a bit weird <laughs> but it's there um, but because he breaks down and he's like so immature in this moment she can't trust that and that's kind of why she ends up dumping him um, yes yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's really well done really really clever um, yeah it, also in, in, in that scene Don mentions Adam and Eve uh, yes. which is obviously the, yeah, the beginning to a lot of things Yes. I mean, like, start again, like Adam and Eve. Well, look what happened to Adam and Eve. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind yeah, of like, true. in the end, it's not, it's never going to be the Garden of Eden. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, I think, and I think that's, you know, that's what Rachel saw. And it's this, it's this idealistic view of just escape, escapism, just to run away. Because, I mean, as we know, again, from previous episodes, we've talked about his, his sort of almost going back to the hobo code, that idea of, you know, always keeping moving never looking back yeah. um i did want to talk you've already brought it up so i did want to talk about the flashback where the real don draper please stand up no um where <laughs> he yeah where we we meet the real don draper and i wanted to ask if you sure. think so you know bit it's a bit strange it was a bit of, bit strange like so it's just the two of them i didn't i don't yeah. really get a lot of the the army stuff and all right you know but so one of my favorite episodes, one of my favorite scenes were gone I'll, I'll explain why in a second what the the one with the two of them yeah okay well so here's what i wanted to ask you is that Go on. so he gets blown up it's awful don pisses himself all that kind of stuff but don's immediate reaction to this is to crawl over to his yeah former lieutenant and say and and to and to take his dog tags now yeah. do you know th and then obviously we see him and he wakes up in the hospital um now do you think when don did that he intended to be mistakenly mistaken as don draper at that yes. point you do yeah why I, th I think everything up until that point everything we've seen of don um, especially of his flashbacks and even earlier on when um, the guy, the actual real Don Draper asks him, why did he volunteer? And he says, oh, I'm, I'm poor. And um, 
you know, and he's kind of like, you just get an idea of how kind of, you know, pathetic he is really. And I think he's looking for a way to get out of his life. And he sees an opportunity at that moment and he just seizes it. And I think that's the whole point of this episode is like, okay, why would he do something like that? Again, epistemology, asking the question, why did any of this happen? Why would he, um, in that moment, why would he get, why did he um, get that opportunity in the first place? And why would he take that opportunity in the first place? And the fact of the matter is, he just wanted to get away from his old life. I think that I could be totally wrong. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like, because obviously that isn't something that can be, that isn't in the moment action because obviously it's it's in a in a horrible sense highly fortunate that the body of the real Don Draper was massively disfigured to the point of being unrecognizable. Yeah. But if that if that was a calculated but spontaneous act, like that was a big risk. Massive yeah, yeah, true. Um, well go on. What's the so I mean, what's the alternative? What would he why else would he do that? I don't know. That's the thing. Is I, I sort I of feel like yeah. I feel like you're right. Like it probably, he he must have done it intentionally, but I just think it's a really strange reaction. <laughs> like to go <laughs> out. Like do, yeah. I mean, like again. I mean, I don't know. It might be because they were like, "Shit, we've got to finish this show. We've got two minutes for this scene. We can't have any grieving yeah. or whatever." But you. I don't know, it just felt very devoid of any sort of... Like, I mean, he looked he looked anguished, but he was also in massive pain, you know, because yeah. like, he got all those injuries and stuff. But it just, I don't know, it would, like, my first thought probably wouldn't be to do that, even if I was poor. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, It's a good, it's a really good question to ask, because you make a good point. Like, why would he specifically do that? What would make him... Um, Basically, in that moment, just go, right, this is my chance. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> is this something he's been thinking about for years and years where well, <laughs> if exactly. the right moment comes along? <laughs> and it's that moment where he wakes up in the hospital and it's like, because you don't, again, you don't see what happens between those points, you know? So yeah. there's, I guess for me, I assumed that after this, after that, he'd done that, he passed out or something and then was taken to the hospital. Like, I don't, I don't know because we don't see it. But, mm. you know, it's kind of like, it's almost like he opened his eyes and they're already reading him, you know, awarding him this medal. That that assumption has already been made. There's no like, are you this person? No, nobody checks that. I mean, yeah. because the other thing we don't see is um, the dog tags being swapped. Like we don't see Don put his tags. We don't, <laughs> we don't see Dick put his tags on the real Don Draper. Do you see what I mean? We only well, we see... see him we see him throw them on his chest, don't we? Oh you do he we do. Yeah. Well We don't see him put them round his neck, but mm. we just see them sort of like take them off his his neck and then throw them on the the, the burning corpse of this guy. Oh my god. And then um take, and then peel off peel off the uh Oh that bit was a bit grim wasn't it? <laughs> and just like put it on his own. All I mean right. he really wanted to get out of his own life. <laughs> Well, that's what I mean. I mean, that is that is that is a, a an intense thing to do. You know, that's yeah. really you know that's not. I mean, this is a man who's scared of his boss finding out who he really is. Like, mm. and yet he was he was brave enough to sort of do that. You see what I mean? And when he woke up in the hospital, he didn't. It's almost like the guilt of that secret has always been with him. Um, yeah. And it's like the idea of it him being found out is almost like this this huge trigger um and i guess i guess you can understand why because you know there's they would there would be questions that would have to be asked such as yeah. why we why did you have his dog tags like did you kill him like there's a yeah. whole bunch of stuff there i guess also it's a different time as well with it's not like the interconnected world we live in now where you know if i want to find out about someone i can just go on facebook not that i would i can just go on facebook and just like you know find out who they are and stuff um but um well no yeah, but if there was just two of them in the camp like it wouldn't be hard to work it out do you know what i mean it's not like true you know it's it's kind of like he's come back he's saying he's he's don draper and the other thing that we don't see which you know again i'm not sure like how it works 
but is that obviously he's not sent home in any we don't see that we don't see him you know I don't know I don't really know how it works but you'd assume that they would send him home to where Don Draper lived I don't know the real one and we don't well, we don't they did, didn't they? they well they sent they sent him the... to accompany <laughs> the real Don Draper's body to be delivered as his body to his family yeah. that's what we see yeah um, but and then we, we don't know where we where they sent him. But what we or don't where he ended up. But what what's weird about this whole thing is we don't actually know. I mean, again, maybe this is something we learned. We learn, but we don't know anything about the real Don Draper. And is that well, we do you see what I mean? Is it sort of like, did he have a wife and kids waiting for him? Was he? Mm. And it's like almost like is this Don Draper? Is the real Don Draper actually Don Draper? Like, or is it just some sort of? pseudonym like, that men use to escape their lives like i don't know it's like they have all these different questions to answer in a new season <laughs> oh my god i know it's crazy so so yeah i thought what, what sorry one thing i wanted to say about um you t- you said you were saying then about how don must have been desperate to kind of like he basically took another man's life um when he almost died and he's been living within this kind of fear for years and years and years now. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's almost like affected him in his everyday life. One of the, um, you get like evidence of this um, later on, um, just before they go and tell, well, just before Pete tells, um, uh, just before, <laughs> I got to ask, what are you eating? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> nothing <laughs> anyway just before um pete tells cooper um before they go into the office and tells tells cooper pete says to him um so you would rather blow yourself up than make me head of accounts and i was thinking oh shit that's like he's already blown himself once blown himself up once um... and now he wants to do it again which is uh, one one of those little clever Some things. clever scripting going on there. <laughs> very clever, yeah, very clever cl- scripting going on. It's it's almost. I was reading about. Um, I don't want to go into it too much, but I was just reading about how this whole the, the reason I made that big speech at the beginning about not knowing specifically what this episode is about is because there's ways where you there's phenomena in the world where, and I think I kind of mentioned it before where. You have like this thing called structuralism where um, different, you use an identifier to describe a lot of different things. Do you remember talking about that or not? Yeah, kind of. Oh, you do? Okay. Um, And and like this, so this episode kind of, as much as I said it was about epistemology and David Hume, it's also about, if you look through it, there's also things like um, cause and effect, um, predictability, entitlement inference correlation like correlations where you know because oh a good example of correlation is where you know where pete tries to get into the office he walks past peggy and peggy says where do you think you're going and he and she's and he says i'm just gonna go see don and then she she stops him and she says don and she she introduces don to the fact that pete's trying to get into the office do you remember that Mm mm-hmm it happens exact the exact same scene happens again when Pete has the um the when box. he has the box. Yeah. But instead of Peggy being able to stop him this time, because he's got the box, he just walks straight in. And it's kind of the idea of um correlation is this idea that we we think we know what's gonna happen because the same thing has happened all the time in the past. And that's what I was saying about the the idea of like you think if you hit a pool cue, a cue a, a cue ball with a with a pool cue, um, you think you know what's going to happen. But the only reason you think you know what's going to happen really is because it's always happened in the past. And that's yeah, that's an example of that. Um, and then there's things like causal set theory, which I'm never going to go into, hmm. and and the Gettier belief, um, which is another thing which I'm not going to. But like, there's loads of loads of all these things. They all kind of like circle the one thing which you could say is epistemology, and yeah, and that's how all of these episodes are kind of built. They're sort of you have one sort of vague thing in the middle, and then there's all these other things that kind of touch upon it. 
So you get this amazing writing, like you just said, where, you know, it's like all these things kind of like um, join up together and stuff. Um, yeah. Which is a really nice good. segue into my second favorite scene. Oh, go on. Um, which I also think is is probably some of the best writing in the series so far which is yeah. the scene where which is the scene where um Pete and Don rush to Cooper's office all right and they go in and it's very much like tattletale Pete says his whole spiel this man's not he's a liar he's not who he says he is blah blah and it's this like you know in a classic TV drama, this would be the moment where it all erupts. Everyone's minds are blown. Everyone's <laughs> sort of like, everything's out of order. It sort of, it sort of completely upsets the equilibrium. Yeah. And then what Cooper says is, I don't care. Or who cares? Can I ask, who cares? Can, can, I, can, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, how did you know what to expect because the whole point of that scene is it subverts your expectations. But that's what I mean. Like I didn't know what to expect. That's why I think it's right, so brilliant. Okay. Because, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. You're sort of like, you're at this point where you're kind of like, you you, you know, you're not sure if Cooper is going to have Don's back because he's a great person to work with. You're not sure if he's going to be horrified because we don't know Cooper that well. Right. Um, and it's sort of, you know... I, it's one of them where I didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, but what I loved about it is it didn't it didn't really go either way. Yes, it's subverted expectation because it wasn't an, is this true? You know, let's find out about it. Actually, it's okay. And it wasn't a, what the fuck? You know, how, how could this be? Like, blah, blah, blah. It was very much a, meh. <laughs> you know, and you're sort of like, what? Like you've been building up this whole episode is building up yeah. to this this moment where is Don Draper gonna be no more? And yeah. instead, you know, is is this whole world gonna have shattered? Because the implications of this and I get I'm I, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen, but Pete still has that information and although it didn't work on Cooper, it might work more on Betty. Um yeah. you know, we don't know that at this I don't well, I don't know that at this point. But I just felt like that was, I mean, in a way, that is what Mad Men is, is it's that whole thing of this is the image he's putting forward. This is, mm. he, Don to Cooper is a product. He is someone who works hard. He gets the job done. He Massively. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, if as long as he is doing what he says he's going to be doing, does it really care what's on the inside does it really care in terms of his identity which is interesting because obviously you know and we've touched on the ideas of sort of race and gender in, in the last episodes quite a lot but it's it's so almost bizarre that you know it's like you could you know cooper could say that about anyone anyone but it's a it's a white male who does the job <laughs> he's the carbon it's the car he's the carbon cut out of what you know an ad man should look look like but he's not an ad man really in the sense that he's this whole other person but that doesn't matter because what he's portraying is the correct it's thing it's fascinating that you say that because obviously at the end of that scene um cooper says a man is a man is whatever room he a man is what does he actually say i can't remember what he says though a man is a man is whatever room he is in, he is in yeah, exactly. A man is whatever room he's in, something like that. And so, and you know, I was talking again, again, it's like a thing of identifiers and whatever we label something as. I agree with what you're saying about Cooper being, Cooper seeing Don as as a product or, as I said last week, from his point of view, Don is an object an, an object to him. He's He's the objective thing. He's the thing that Cooper is using. And yeah, Cooper doesn't care what he is. To him, the it's just it's literally a signified thing of literally of Cooper himself. Um, and he kind of he sees him almost as a little eye, and just uh, kind of and that's and all the way, something else that happens in this episode and in the last episode as well is uh, you know like Don gets Don gets finds out he's got the new job when he's in um roger's office and pete gets the box 
he gets Don's box when he's in Don's office. And it kind of goes back to that idea of, of what um uh of what Cooper was saying that um a man is whatever room he's in. Mm. And there's this whole kind of theory around the way you sort of label an object and how that object then relates to the things around it. And the fact that you put a label on it isn't really the thing. It's kind of, it's more, it's more how you kind of then relate those, you relate that actual object, the the essence of that object to the things around it. So, and it's kind of, it's really complicated, so I'm not going to go into it too much. Let's talk about Peggy instead. Let's talk about Peggy. <laughs> I, I, you know, poor Peggy. So Peggy is clearly a loser who should be oh. a winner. <laughs> yeah i guess but is in fact a loser and 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 i think that's that that's that scene later on in the but let's start from the beginning so they're having a big party to watch yep. the election peggy doesn't get involved she's a good girl yeah she stays away i know why does so, she stay away though she stays away i think because she knows that it's not allowed she's a good girl she's a like i say she's right. she's an if anything, she was she should be an overachiever because she plays by all the rules. Um, I thought it was because I thought it was more out of um, you know the fact that the whole thing with her and Pete has just kind of worn her down, and she just doesn't want to get involved in that anymore. Ah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I uh, I kind of feel like she. I don't know. Can I ask you a question? Is she pregnant? I don't know. That would that means I, I don't that know. means yes, doesn't it? Does it? <laughs> Why does that mean? Doesn't mean anything. I can't give you a spoiler. You just, can't ask me questions like that. I just feel like that's where this is heading. Okay. But I I might be wrong because it has been a little while. So okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm totally. I might be totally wrong, guys. You know, I, I haven't seen just, it. Maybe she's so depressed over Pete that she's just comfort eating. Who knows? Maybe. Anyway, I mean, I think she doesn't stay. Because she knows it's not allowed. She doesn't want to, you know, because a series of things happen in this episode that shock her. First of all, that someone has puked in the bin, which I, yeah. I you know, I concur with Peggy on that one. That's disgusting. And also <laughs> highly unprofessional. Um, uh, and then second of all, someone steals money from her locker and also her shirt, I believe. Um, I did just one thing before she calls it mad money, which I didn't realize what that was. And um, mad money is money that you use, you have uh, just in case something goes wrong, something just in case something you didn't expect happens. Again, goes back to the epistemology thing. But sorry, go on. Oh, I kind of love that. That she's oh, Peggy's so cute. She's so prepared. I love it. Um, but someone takes away her her emergency money, I guess. Um, yeah. Which is kind of like pulling the carpet from under her feet. Um, mm. And then obviously she has the very obnoxious Pete Campbell uh, just ignoring any... The very little bit of authority she does have is ignored. Um, yeah. And then we see her... She breaks the rules and goes to sit in Don's office... And to yeah. have a little cry. Well, you did like by explaining by explaining all that stuff. You you did sort of answer the question of as to why she's sitting in that office crying, which is a kind of a, a good point. Because uh, she's because that's what I mean is she feels like a loser, and that's why yeah. and that's why she's upset because all these bad things are happening to her, and she doesn't deserve them, and that's 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 completely true. Is it sort of like you know? But all the other people, you know, the your Harrys and your Hildas and your, you know, your Kens and your whoever that other woman was. I mean, and also we need to go back to that scene, by the way, because, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I just I, I really felt for Peggy this episode because, again, it's that whole thing of normally she tries to just like hold her head up a bit and be like, you know, above it all, above it all. But I think I think there's a weird correlation happening between. Don and Peggy in that well you know they're both gonna... they're, well, wait 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 because they're both you know they're both this is the episode where I think you see a clearer picture of who both of them really are right so I'm gonna I'm gonna read what she says to him um 
at the, uh, you know, in that, that final scene where she's crying mm. and she leaves and she makes this big speech. And I want, and instead of, like, because I've got a deep voice, it might be easier. But uh, instead <laughs> of instead of imagining Peggy saying it, imagine it's Don. Um, I don't understand. I try to do my job. I follow the rules and people hate me. Innocent people get hurt and other people, people who are not good, get to walk around doing whatever they want. It's not fair. And then Don, Don takes the takes the glass from her. What does he? They, no, he when she's drinking. So she's she's drinking, and Don says to her while she's drinking the drink, "Finish it." And to me, like that could easily the the whole speech could be Don speaking to himself. And then when he says "finish it," he's saying like you know, finish this whole thing, this whole thing that's got Pete hanging this thing over your head, trying to end your life, even though you're, in his eyes, in Don's eyes, he's a good person, right, he's like, he's trying to do the best that he can, he's, you know, he actually, but do you know, how, something how can, with, how can he think that, like, how can he think that, and the, the important parallel in this episode is what happens with Harry, who clearly has a lot of guilt around sleeping with someone else when he has a wife at home like you know but the, but don doesn't feel that how can he think because, that he's a good person okay okay so i, I like i'm not i'm really bad at doing this because i don't like um i don't like defending people that have done bad things but <laughs> i will say that um i think don the reason he does that like do you do you realize maybe it's just me maybe it's just me that thinks this but i think he dumped Rachel in the last episode and I think at the end of the last episode when he left the office I, I don't know if you can remember it but he leaves the office he, le- he leaves the office tells Peggy to go early and instead of going to see Rachel he goes to see his wife and his children and then tries to get um, Betty to sleep with him and Betty turns him down and I think Oh, I, I poor Don. <laughs> My heart bleeds for him. <laughs> I genuinely think he, at that moment, I genuinely think he'd given up on the whole. I think Rachel to him is is exactly what he did, is exactly what we've said before. He basically just uses Rachel. And it's probably worse on Rachel than it is on Peggy to be, and Betty, to be fair. He uses Rachel to, when things get too tough. Like he sees Betty as the person he has to look after, almost like a like a child or sort of someone he's kind of in charge of that he has to that he's he's responsible for, and that's why I was saying that like he he's almost got like mummy issues, and he needs that one person to kind of look after him when he's in trouble. So when things get stressful, he freaks out and he goes to see a strong, confident woman that used to be Midge. It's not Midge anymore because he dumped Midge. So now it's Rachel, but now Rachel's dumped him. So what happens next? Who knows? But yeah, I mean, um, you're just you're just justifying him <laughs> sleeping with someone who's not his wife. So okay, <laughs> yeah, for 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 Don, like nobody gives him enough. Uh, no one gives him enough slack. But he, um, but he, but this, that's the thing, isn't it? Is it's like. In his head, that's probably how he thinks too, and yeah, it's kind of that's like how I think he, he, you know, and that's that's the thing is is actually he is he is the atom bomb in a lot of people's worlds that you know he could he could yeah. I mean with 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 all these women it's like he needs to be needed um, yeah. for them to be relevant to his life because what we saw what what happened with Midge was she didn't need him she didn't care you know oh, yeah, she wouldn't true, yeah. he, she wouldn't do what he wanted um mm. because she didn't need him and so he gives her a lot of money and then goes home to his wife with rachel we almost see the opposite whereas it's not that rachel sees that she doesn't need him it's more that she sees who he truly is um yeah. and you know and that she and, and I think they've been building up to that with the whole like this quite long courtship almost, you know, from the kiss on the roof uh, of mm. the department store to the whole like her having these like almost teenage conversations with her sister about, you know, having an affair with a married. And that, like last episode, they talked about, you know, the the movie and stuff like that. And mm. it's and it is exactly what it is. So, yeah. 
Well, the movie thing is interesting again because um, at one point in this episode, Do- uh, Pete says to to Don, um, "Do you think this is like the movies where I have a gun and I won't shoot? I will shoot you." And I think both of those scenes and the the, the scene you're talking about, um, where um, Rachel and her sister are talking about how yeah how bad affairs can go and people die in these affairs and all that kind of stuff it's again i think it's it's this pointing us to this idea of where we get our ideas from where we get this idea of, of what we know so like last episode last episodes for me the uh theme was um a bit part of the theme was ambiguity um and you know how do you how do you deal with ambiguity and the theme in this episode for me is um how do we know what we know and in both instances, uh, I feel the show is saying like, you know, a lot of that is based on the media and what the media tells us and how it kind of puts these ideas in our heads. Um, before we go on, we need, well, before we end, because we're almost like 10 minutes to go, um, I really want to talk about the the script. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I also kind of want to talk about Pete too. Okay, well, should we do note. Pete first? Let's, and do, then we'll let's do, do the... Pete and then let's do the party as a general thing because, oh my okay. God, okay. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess the scene that's kind of a really odd scene is mm-hmm. the one where he's looking in the box late at night. And, oh, yeah. oh my God, he looks like a little boy, like with his <laughs> hair not gelled and like in his little pajamas. Oh my God. And then Trudy comes <laughs> out and it, it turns out, you know, he hasn't been sleeping and stuff. Um, yeah. I guess because he's can't stop thinking about this and you know is he going to do it and is he not going to do it and it's kind of like it's the whole heart head thing because I feel like I feel like Pete does have a lot of respect for Don or at least he used to um, and I feel like that is a whole there that, there's an important moment in that about which is about winners and losers which is you know, there's that, there's that, you know, so many phrases about, you know, shoving someone under the bus or like all those sorts of things, um, which is about how to sort of claw your way to the top or whatever. And it's interesting because Pete almost wants to be heard. um, Yeah. In a sense that, you know, Don almost doesn't want to be heard. He doesn't want people to know who he right. is and what he's about. Whereas Pete yeah. is the opposite. He wants everyone to know who he is and what he's about. And he wants to be appreciated for yeah. those facts. And it's kind of like, I think you, but I think you see in this that he's actually not really being true to himself either, because I think you see that he's actually, this isn't something that he's gone jackpot. It isn't like, you know, he does an evil laugh as he opens the box and sees what's inside. Yeah. Well, he's, it's, he's it's, wrestling with exactly. it. Exactly. It's it, it, and, and, and and therein lies an important thing for Pete, which, you know, I hate Pete, but um, you know, I think you have to say, well actually he's a very real character because he sort of wrestles with you know, because this this is this is information that could have his friend put in or it's not his friend his his mentor or like his boss put into jail and like this is this is serious shit and is he willing to go that far to get a job that he wants um rather than off his own merit because he believes that he's not being given a chance and in some senses that's true because he isn't being really being given a chance he's just dismissed straight away Mm. without being given a fair opportunity and it's kind of like and you you have to have a little bit of almost sympathy for him nope no <laughs> no no i kind of do actually i don't like, like pete at all <laughs> i kind of, well, i don't like pete either but you know i think with with trudy you kind of see it that she she's she tells him to do the right thing and give it back um yeah. which is what he does well, she, well to me she kind of tells him off she does she tell kind him of off. scolds him yeah, yeah. Um, but the, I, I but, only, he, but he does give it back. That's the thing. I only mentioned that she tells him off because as soon as she, after she tells him off, she also then invites him to come to bed with her. Um, and the reason I mentioned that is because uh, we can segue 
you're not the only one who could do segues. <laughs> we'll ah. Segue into the office party. <laughs> okay. Um, so that what I liked about this, the office party, the, that that scene that we're talking about with Pete is sandwiched between um, the the two scenes from the party, and at the end of the first part of that party scene is when. Um, Ken wrestles that girl to the ground. Oh my god! Like, so that <laughs> and, uh, bit lifts off her skirt and all that kind of stuff. It's that so shocking, isn't it? Like, can you? Yeah. Like, oh my god! I couldn't believe that. I was like, and everyone's just laughing, and then she's laughing too. Yeah, yeah. and then she gets up and she kind of just kind she of goes off with him. Arms with him. And goes off with him. Oh, scandal! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but that's what I mean. So I feel like that's the kind of like a, a a reflection of the scene with Pete, where Pete's kind of like basically being a dick. And Trudy is just loving him as he is, and like you know, and we don't know why, and that's the thing. It's like, why does he do that? Why do why do these why does these two characters um, love these guys that basically are shitty? Um, and then it, and then obviously we get the second half where Ken comes out of the after that scene. We we get Ken coming out of the office, out of Paul's office, being a dick basically, being like the dickish Pauls that uh, Ken's ever been. Uh, to Paul and um, then we get this um, we get this amazing script scene which I really really like Um, what did you think of this scene alright I don't know I was a bit like why is this happening (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean it was very weird and then they had like Sal and Sal and uh, Joan having a cheeky (laughs) snog which is really weird just off the just for just to say I love the way Sal's acting Uh, Sal's bad acting is amazing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just made me laugh. <laughs> that was really good. Um, so I, I think this scene is, um, again, going back to my theory of uh, epistemology and how do we know what we know. Um, there's this thing in transactional therapy um, called a script. And like, you know, most people have heard of a script, the, the script of your life. And it's something that you learn when you're a very, very young age. You learn how to you know you learn how to deal with stress you learn how to how to avoid people that you're scared of like you learn to avoid certain types of people that you're scared of or whatever you learn how to what you enjoy doing what you don't enjoy doing all these things are kind of they they basically make up your script uh the script of your kind of psyche and i feel like that's kind of slightly being mentioned here um i also like the fact that um all of this play that um, this play is obviously written by um, um, what's his name Paul to kind of it's almost like a uh, like his insecurities are all sort of on display. So we know that he's kind of jealous of Ken and his um, his 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 um, story writing, and um, we know that he had an affair. Well, he had like a a, a relationship with Do- with with Joan. And it's all kind of within this kind of little play that he's written. Um, I just think it's really, really good. It's really, it kind of reflects who Paul is. There's a really cool um, line as well where he's trying to, he's, he's trying to direct everyone. And he's telling everyone what to do and what to go. And, <laughs> and Sal says, why do I have to be Tolson? I want to be Galt. Galt is the hero, like, and Galt, Galt is the hero of Ayn Rand's um, Atlas Shrugged, but that's by the by. Um, and, and Paul says to him, Tolleson is the hero, he thinks, right? But the way it's written down is like, it's, it's written down as if like, Tolleson is the hero, uh, he thinks. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Where it's not like, it's not like, this is just his own version of himself, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah, I just I just like the whole scene. I like um, I like everything it says about all the characters and the acting's really funny. And yeah, I just think it's really good. Yeah, can we can we briefly talk about the Joan and Paul scene as well? Oh yeah, go um, on. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think I think you're gonna have to sort of translate this one for me a little bit because Paul says, "Oh, I, I had a big mouth out there." What did he say? My- Joan says to him, "You had a big mouth." And then he's trying to explain himself, and she said, "No, you had a big mouth." What? And what's he talking? Reason- what's he talking about? <laughs> he's talking. So he's basically saying, like, I think what they're saying is that they had a relationship. This was um, referred to in the first episode, 
um, when Joan was showing Peggy around the office and she says like you know be careful of the mistakes and all that kind of stuff and then Paul walks past so I think the ah. show without actually telling us without actually telling us the show is saying that they had a relationship and Paul was probably telling everyone about it because why wouldn't you <laughs> because <laughs> oh. uh, it felt the scene felt kind of sad it felt kind of like yeah, yeah totally because he's she sort of comes and sits next he, he sort of pokes fun at her in that over familiar way that you know yeah. a former lover can if you don't hate them so much you never want to yeah. see them again um <laughs> and then they have that that kind of sweet little dance at the end yeah um, and well I, go, on. go on sorry you go uh i was gonna say so um what I like about that scene is, and what stood out to me about the scene is, like I said, at the beginning of this, the episode, we see um, Cooper and he's walking around with his, you know, without his shoes on and he turns off the TV and um, Joan does exactly the same thing. She turns off the TV and she takes her shoes off. And in the rest of the whole scene, Joan has all the power in that scene. She's kind of, she's basically, he tells her, he well, he asks her to come and sit next to him and she says, no. Then he says, like, um, then he's kind of very, like, you know, why did you dump me kind of thing? What went wrong sort of thing? And she's just like, you were a dick. And, you know, and she's like really, she's really kind to him, but she's like, definitely, she's the one who's kind of, she's the boss of the whole thing, you know? And I really like that. I just think it's really cool the way it's done. I don't know why it's done like that, but I just think it's really cool. No, I thought it was a, a really sort of sweet little scene um, and a real sort of glimpse into into because I because I've always liked Paul actually I think I feel like of all of the the sort of secondary characters the the mad yeah. men um yeah he's he's probably my favorite out of all of them I've always thought especially since the sort the the whole tour of the office he gave Peggy and sort of yeah you know I just think there's some there's something quite sweet about him um okay I don't know I might be uh, wrong but um <laughs> well I don't know but um it's, it's interesting you say because I, I I think especially in this episode I think that's alluded to because if you so there's a point where um, earlier on in the party just as the party's about to kick off also can I just say the the party the scenes the, in the party scenes we always start off the party scenes with alcohol we always see a shot of alcohol it's almost like the setup the cause and effect of this whole thing is like you know alcohol's going to get drunk shit's going to happen right yeah um but um one of the things one of the scenes that happens is um they're all so we see harry um i can't remember who he's with but we see harry and then we see pa- then we see paul and we see ken and then ha- um paul says may the best man win and in in affairs local and um, national or whatever right mm. and so we see we see these three guys and basically one of them cheats on his wife and ends up shagging this girl then the other guy kind of essentially assaults a woman and ends up sleeping with her and then you see uh, paul who doesn't do anything that bad at all he, in fact he kind of gives everything everyone something to do he gets the drinks for everyone he um he does the play. He's kind of entertaining for everyone, and he just gets a bit of a slow dance at the end. <laughs> well, I think. I mean, I think that's you know, and it's quite a nice place to sort of end this because I think that scene right at the beginning, you know, in hindsight, having watched the whole thing, because they're talking about who's going to win, and and the whole way through the episode, I mean, we sort of see Cooper later on, sort of referring to the fact that they might switch loyalty to Kennedy once they see who's winning. And yeah. and I think the whole theme of winners and losers for me is sort of summed up here because actually it doesn't really matter whether you win or you lose mm-hmm. um, in many senses because it can change so drastically and almost straight away. And it's, yeah. you know, it's like people's loyalty will change, but they could always flip back again. Like the actual, the actual whole thing of winning and losing, what does it actually mean? What if, you know, Cooper had cared that, Don, you know, wasn't wasn't Don Draper, you know, would he have would it have really mattered or would he just have found another way to get by? Just another job. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. like actually the emphasis that's put on on winning and losing is actually sort of irrelevant. It's just something that's key to people's 
drive almost and especially you know. when you when especially when you think about what happened to Nixon later on in yeah. the decade <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but we could talk about that another time absolutely Okay. Is there anything? Oh, that's a good before? way to finish it. So, so well, I, I, you say that, but then you're going to go, oh, yeah. just one more thing. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you would like to say, Fola, before I set you up for your final line? <laughs> um, uh, you're the freshest on now. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that we haven't covered, um, and it's all relevant. And I would actually say, if anybody does want us to cover something that we didn't talk about, you should give us a... That's, probably your line but um you should give us a call give us a call we don't have we don't have a phone number right if you if you <laughs> Fola, shut up um if you if you any of you guys uh want to ask us any questions or have any feedback on the episode please do get in touch with us on twitter and email which will be in our bio uh so there's only one thing left to do which is for Fola to say just remember everyone sopranos is even better Bye.